0: John chapter 3, verse 1, we're going to read a little bit again. am going to go past some things we haven't discussed yet, may go back later, but it all falls in the same vein, so whatever order we do it in, it doesn't really matter. Uh, this is what I feel like, we're, this is where I feel like the Lord does have us go tonight, And that's the most important thing. John chapter 3 verse 1 says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, and the man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you're a great teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless one is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit do not marvel that i said to you you must be born again the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but you cannot tell from where it you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes so is everyone who is born of the spirit And Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus said to him, Are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, We speak what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If you if I had told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will I tell you, or how will you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? That's a good question. No one has ascended into heaven, but he who has come down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who was in heaven. And here's verse 14: And as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. We'll go ahead and read 16 and 17. No, we're not going there tonight. You know what 16 says. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. But let's look at, as, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, and whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Let's look at Numbers chapter 21. Numbers chapter 21. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers 21. (laughs) You know, used to, I didn't know where to find things. And I say where it's at, but you know, everybody's got a phony Bible now and they can just go right to it. Numbers 21, verse 4. Let's read for just a second. Let's talk about the children of Israel. They've came out of Egypt. They've been, out of, they've been in the wilderness a while now. In fact, I think we're talking, dealing with the second generation by here. And so that is where they're at. They're in the wilderness and, uh, between Egypt and the promised land. And they're defeating enemies along the way. And Aaron has just died, the high priest. And they're getting closer. And they should by now they've seen the miracles or heard about the miracles of God, some great miracles. They've, well, the miracles they're seeing every day is have, they have water supply. They have food to eat that they don't have to work for. They just open their tent flaps and gather it. God, the God Jarah provider is, is providing for them by the day. They're, they're still healthy, their shoes are not wearing out, their clothes are still good. and that's where we're at. That's the scene. and that, that, So you know who the "they is. And, and they journeyed from Mount Hor to, to by the way of the sea to compass the land of Edom. Of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Oh, that makes you want to stop and preach a little bit right there. Because of the way. They've been delivered, but now they're complaining about the way. Now they're complaining about the journey. <laughs> And and the people listen to verse five. And the people spoke against God. Mm. And and Moses. But now now listen. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Already they they, they now the people speak against God and against Moses. The last time someone spoke against Moses, the earth swallowed opened up and swallowed them their house and all. thousands of people. And they know this story, their account. They were either there or their parents were there. So you've got to understand where they're at. This is just setting the scene, because Jesus, this is what Jesus has said to Nicodemus as Moses raised the serpent in the wilderness, OK? It says, and the people spoke against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our souls loathe this light bread. They're talking about the manna. It says, Are we loathe your supply? <laughs> Think of that. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. Who sent them? I mean, we we say, well, I rebuke you, devil. Well, the devil didn't send them. The Lord sent them among the people. And they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. And therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sent. At least they got that right. And we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray unto the Lord. It's the only time the children of Israel ever asked Moses to intercede on their behalf. So that tells me it was some kind of something. Now Moses interceded on their behalf before. In fact at Korah God had told told Moses to stand aside. He said, I'm going to wipe them out and I'll raise up a new people. And Moses interceded on their behalf and God didn't do it. He said, okay. But the people cried out to Moses, "That we've sinned against the Lord. We've sinned against you. Pray unto to the Lord that he will take away the serpents from among us. And Moses prayed for the people. Oh, that makes me want to preach to preachers right there. If I, had a house, if I had a house full of preachers, I would preach to preachers right now. Because you know what? They deserve to get God. They did. And, and they, everything that was happening was about because, because of them, not Moses, not God. It was their fault. And now they're in trouble. And human nature would say, I ain't praying for you, pray for yourself. Human nature would say, I have prayed for you and stood in your... I have, I have called God off of you more times than you could ever imagine. And here you are doing it again. You want a prayer, you pray for you. <laughs> and Moses prayed for the people. That's the heart of a pastor is what that is. I've never been bit by a snake, but I've been sheep bit plenty of times. Y'all didn't know sheep bite. <laughs> and Moses prayed for the people. <laughs> that was free. <laughs> and the Lord and the and the Lord said to Moses, "Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole." And it shall come to pass that everyone who is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. And it shall come to pass that everyone that looks upon it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass. And he put it on a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man... When he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. He has turned the tables on the teacher of Israel. That's what he, if you, you are a teacher and you don't know these things. He said, if I'd have told you natural things, you would have understood that. So let me give you something of the law that you're going to understand. See, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a person of the law. He was, he was a religious leader. He said, just as Moses raised up the fire. Believe me, he knew everything there was to know about Moses. He knew everything there was to know about the people of Israel coming out of bondage. He said, and Jesus would say this later in John chapter 12. What would he say? He said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It's the centerpiece. John chapter 3 is a centerpiece of the gospel. If I be lifted up, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, when he lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, everything that looked on it, every man that looked on it, lived. Heavenly Father, help us with your word. Help us walk through. Help us to understand. Open our eyes tonight even more than maybe we have been before or maybe for the first time to help us understand. This word and what you're saying to your people. And we will thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. There is no, I'm gonna start out by saying it very simply again. It's becoming so real to me. Listen to me. The gospel is supernatural. The gospel, if you're hearing me with your ears, that's good hear me with your spirit the gospel that's the good news of jesus christ is supernatural it's not it's not it's not something that you can that you can get physically it's not something that mental, that just simple mental assent changes anything there's nothing you can do to earn it you don't deserve it it's not magic it's god's solution to man's problem and that is Jesus, if I be lifted up. and in In Numbers 21, you're seeing the type and shadow of the reality that would come. In Abraham's day, much before this, Abraham got a glimpse of it. The Bible says that Abraham saw my day from afar. He got a glimpse of it. Abraham... Because Abraham come to God how? By faith. It was he's the father of our faith. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Abraham got a glimpse that it was by faith that salvation was going to come. That Moses and the children of Israel got an illustration of, by the, of the means by which it would come. And he's pointing to Nicodemus and saying, look back to what you know already. You know this. Abraham knew it was by faith. Moses got a vision. He got an actual depiction, a physical image of what it was going to look like. He, Moses saw a, a, a sacrifice on a cross in the brazen serpent that was raised on a pole. Well, you say, how in the world is a snake on a pole about Jesus? We're going to get there in just a minute. But it is a clear depiction of, of there, actually there's a clear picture of here of the human condition and the sin nature and, 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 how, and, and how, just how we are. He said, he's talking about the children of Israel, that they came out of Egypt. You have to understand they're in the wilderness. And I think this is probably somewhere we need to park a minute right here. But it's because people sometimes understand deliverance. They understand getting out. They understand that He will set you free. Or they think they understand that He will set you free. But then then they get in the wilderness, they, don't, they, they said they were complaining because of the way. Did you go back to that? It says they complained. They didn't complain because it was hot. Well, the hot was part of the way. Are you with me? It's amazing what we'll complain about. When you're in the bondage, when you're in the situation, when you're in the trouble, when you're in... When you're in if you're in a physical situation, let's say, and, and, and it's hell on earth, and, and you've, you've prayed every way to, way to get out of it, when you get out of it, you're just thankful to be out. Let me see if I can draw some parallels a second. This is rough analogies. I, I'm trying to get you to understand some things right quick. Have you ever had anybody that applied for a job I've seen this so many times they apply for the job they agree to the terms they start said job they prayed for job they called the prayer chain to have everybody else pray for the job they get the job Agree to the job. Start the job. And they're not in the job. and They get their paycheck. They're liking that. And they're not any time into the job. And then they start complaining about the job. You ever, you ever heard of that? Trying to draw illustrations. There's nothing like being an employer that somebody begged you for a job for. I've been there many times. They, they worried you to death. They called you. Text you. Email emailed you, talked to your friends at the store. If you put in a good word for me, everything in the world. And you break down and you hire. You knew you didn't need to hire them. They just worried you to death. So you hired them. And every time you do that, they're going to bite you. It's amazing how that happens. They're going to bite you. <laughs> I was in a grocery store back home I may have told this one time here before and there were two girls, one was a cashier another one was second and when I came up they were busy a little bit and, but you know what, she never said hello she never said how are you doing, she never said anything they were just running my stuff through and they were talking to each other the whole time in the conversation they never even acknowledged that I was there they were just scanning my stuff, bagging it, scanning my stuff, bagging it and talking to each other, well they weren't just talking to each other they were complaining to each other the whole time we was there but I can't believe how they done my schedule I can't believe how they done this. This is the the sixth day in a row I've had to work. I thought, oh, poor baby, he worked six days in a row. Who would have ever thought six days in a row? Bless it. This is what I'm thinking in my mind. You know, (laughs) oh, my goodness, really? And it was back and forth, and it was, they don't pay me this or they don't pay me that. And they went on and on. I had a lot, and they were still scanning, and I finally, and and, and, and I get kind of annoyed over service anyway. And it went on and on, and I finally said, hey. They said, "Uh, it's like like I shocked them. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm here. (laughs) I said, hey. They said, what? I said, ain't no customer wants to hear all that. And they looked at me funny, like I had six heads or something. <laughs> I couldn't believe I had the nerve to say that, you know. And they just kind of looked at each other, and, and, I, and they started in again. I said, you know what? And they said, what? I said, both of you applied for this job. Nobody forced it on you. <laughs> Nobody went down and said, you're coming to work at the grocery store tonight. And you're going to work, and, I, and you know, we're going to abuse you in every way. You applied for this job, told him right there on the line. You were gla- I said, I guarantee you, you waited by your phone, anticipating that phone call, and you snatched it up. Hello? And you agreed to the terms, and now you're whining about the job that you wanted. What are you talking about, Preacher. They were out of Egypt. They had been slaves for 400 years. They were slaves. They built the, 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 the finery of Egypt. And now they were out miraculously. God delivered them himself. And now they're complaining about the way. I'm seeing believers all the... If, listen to me. There's a few things you need to know. There's always going to be a wilderness. You know that the wilderness was actually in God's plan? You said, oh, I thought their disobedience put them in the wilderness. No, their disobedience prolonged the wilderness. They should have been able to get to, from Egypt to the promised land in just a few days through the wilderness. They were going through the wilderness regardless. It's a transition, a process, it's right. And you know how you, uh, I might, before I forget it, you might as well know how you get from, you, from deliverance to the promise. Can I tell you how you get from deliverance to the promise? When you came out of sin on your way to heaven. I'm on my way to heaven and the journey gets sweeter every day. We can all sing that and we'll shout to it. The journey gets sweeter every day. Well, did you notice that then I'm on my way to heaven, there is a journey? I'm on my way to heaven and the journey gets sweeter every day. Well, the sweeter of the journey is on your way to heaven. Because everything between may not be fun and games. But in fact, it's called life. sometimes life stinks and it's hard and it's everything well it just it's, it's, it's terrible sometimes what I'm addressing tonight is the belief when you got saved and you're in and you're, now you're out I, I, I'm seeing it all the time all the time because life has gotten so hard for people they're complaining against God why in the world did God do this for me? Just for this to happen. Why in the world did God do that for me? Just for this to happen. First of all, think about what you're doing. Why in the why did God do this for me? Well, aren't you glad he done that? I am. Just for this to happen. Guess what? You're still in the wilderness. You're still here. They complaining Not because they got out, and not because they're going somewhere. They're complaining about the in between. You know how they got. You know how always the plan was to get from the from Egypt to the Promised Land. It's deep. You ready to watch this? It's deep. One step at a time. It might be the reason that he says that we walk by faith. Faith is a walk. Faith is a walk. You know how? A, a, a journey What's the old saying? A journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. And they're, all, they're all on their way. We're on our way to heaven and complaining about the way. When the way itself is supernatural, I'm trying, if you don't understand anything in the last few weeks, understand that the gospel is supernatural. The journey out, your first step out of sin into life, out of darkness into light, into, from dead to life was a miracle. A supernatural miracle from the living God that there is not, if you lived a hundred lifetimes, couldn't have taken the first step. And he gave them water. And he gave them supernatural food every day. Manna. And we loathe this light bread that you've given us. They didn't loathe Egypt. That's not what they're talking about. They didn't, they didn't loathe the things, the, the hardship. That's not what they complained about. They complained about the very things that God was doing for them Supernaturally. You didn't even get in this wilderness without me. That's one thing that we understand as believers. When he called you out of darkness into light. When you said yes to him. It was It's a miracle that you're even there. And then he gave them. When they, they cried out. says, said Moses pray for us. We've sinned against the Lord and you. You know what that is? that is? That is a confession. That is when their repentant heart come because of their circumstances. Pray for us." And Moses prayed. But then what Jesus is pointing to to Nicodemus, he gave them he, this is a clear picture of what was to come. He said, "Moses, fashion for them a fiery serpent, a serpent of brass. And King James calls it a brazen serpent. Fashion, and he said, "And set it up on a pole, and raise it up, and tell the people that are snake bitten." By the way, let's just talk about the snake bite. <laughs> that old, that 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 serpent looks to, and talks about the it's looking back to the garden. Remember how it all started? Do you remember that in the garden that there was a serpent that he was more cunning than all the beasts of the field? Remember we talked. I think it just last week. Remember we talked about how God said and all that stuff. That serpent, rep- that serpent representing the, the the deceitfulness of the enemy. The very, the, very, the very snake himself, the sin and all the sin nature that comes with it. So I thought it represented Jesus Christ. It does. How? At the same time. Why? I'll explain it to you. Because see, Jesus never. There's some people that teach it's falsely, it's wrong that that Jesus had to become. He was the first born again man. That he had to take. That he be, he took on the sin nature and become a sinner and went into the depths of the earth and, and had and, and a, in a in a battle of the ages with Satan. That he uh, become the first born again man and he rose again. It's, it's that he had to die spiritually. Because Jesus had said this in John 3. He says that no man can ascend until, until he's the one who ascended. Descended. That's not right. Jesus was not the first born again man. He was the spotless son of God. He was a spotless lamb. Without sin. He couldn't become sin. He couldn't die a sinner and become your offering. If he, if he could die a sinner and become your offering. Then you could die and become an offering. No, he who knew no sin, somebody say he knew no sin, became sin. And when it says he became sin, it's literally talking about that he became the sin offering. He took on the sin of all mankind. Your sin, my sin, their sin, everybody's sin. There's 8 billion people alive on the earth today. Their sin. Everybody of Adam's race that has lived and died from his point backward to the garden. Their sin. Everybody from right now all the way until this thing is over. Their sin. He who knew no sin became the sin offering. That I might become, that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's a miracle of all miracles. And we complain about the way. Remember, I am the way. But see, the way, Jeff, it's part of the redemption. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You know what, he never promised me, he never promised you that you wouldn't suffer, that it would be easy, that it wouldn't be hard, that things wouldn't happen to you, that the tragedy wouldn't occur because as long as there is an enemy, as long as there is a fall, as long as there is people, as long as this thing is, is going towards, to, towards the, the millennial reign, there's going to be, as long as there's a devil, there's going to be problems. And there's going to be heartache. He didn't, come, he didn't come to remove them from their wilderness. Does anybody hear me? The wilderness was always part of the solution. Always. But you know what he'd do? He'd go with you in the wilderness. You know what he did all the way through the wilderness? At night, he was a fire and camped round about them in the wilderness. It kept the predators at bay, it kept the guide going, it, kept, it gave you warmth when you needed it. It was provision, Matt. And it was a guide. And even in the wilderness, you know what he did? It was wilderness, Jeff. And you know what he did? Went with them. Even when they were circling the same mountain for 40 years, you know what he did with them for 40 years? Stayed with them. Stayed with them. You know what he did? They were were there 40 years by their own disobedience. You know what he did? Gave them water. Gave them food protected them. See they would not getting eaten by animals and falling dead with, with old age and heart attacks and everything else in the wilderness. The only time they were dying in the wilderness is when they got stupid and rose up against God. You're not going to find anybody else dying in the wilderness. Every time you find them dying in the wilderness it's because they rebelled against God. See you're not designed to die in the wilderness. You're designed to come out with him and him to go with you through the wilderness. That's what that's the plan. oh we loathe I know people right now that if they uh, maybe they're watching if you're watching hear me maybe you're watching maybe you're mad maybe you know exactly who you are Uh, if you're there right now I've got confidence in the Holy Spirit that you know exactly who you are whether now or later it could be if if, if the Lord tarries and somebody finds this night, 10 years from now 20 years from now you're going to know who you are It's no time to grow bitter in the wilderness. Amen. Hear me, you were brought out by the power of the living God. and in your hardest times, He's with you. In your wilderness, you need it. We need, that. We need the wilderness. We do, We need it. He don't give us anything we don't need or deserve. You better be thankful for mercy and grace that we don't get everything we deserve, thank God. <laughs> they loathe, they 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 they, they the way. They loathe the bread, the provision. <laughs> when I think about that he's the bread of life, it's a scary thing that they loathe the bread. Have you thought about it? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Do you know when when they had that, remember the ark? When the ark was built? everybody remember what was in the ark what god said you build the ark you build it this big you build it this way you build it this big these dimensions put this on them, the cherubim over the mercy seat you played it in gold you carried on your shoulders and inside the ark you're going to put what you're going to put a pot of manna you're going to put aaron's rod that budded and you're going to put the tablets of the of the law Preacher said, and it's true that manna represented God's provision. That rod that of Aaron's that budded and produced fresh, uh, fresh almonds was God a demonstration of God's power. And that Ten Commandments was, was God's word. And when it got stolen and brought back to him, there was nothing in it but the Ten Commandments, the plates, the manna was gone, the Aaron's rod was gone. And what I learned from that was the word was enough. <laughs> the word's enough. But you know what else I learned in all of that? He is, Jesus is Aaron's rod that budded. He is the pot of manna. He is the word of God. He's all of it. They said they loathed the bread. <laughs> and they loathed the way. Do you hear what they loathed? Why do you think that God's anger was kindled against them and, the, and that, the, that the trials and fires and the fiery serpents were allowed, the killing sin, the attack was allowed to come on them? That today there's still people that, that they loathe Jesus Christ. Here, you're not connecting it. And they loathed, they they were they, lo- they they rose up against God and Moses because they loathed the bread. Because of the way, he's the way. He's the bread. And today, when people, when they don't like the, the, how you get out and how you get home, they're doing, it says God's anger was kindled against them. The reason His anger was kindled against them is because it was about Jesus. They loathed His anger. He made a way when He didn't have to. He gave, He was giving up everything and He didn't have to. And it, it, the only way to get there, and they hated it, and God's anger was kindled. He's still the same today. People talk, God, God made the way where there was no way. For you, for me, and it's one way and it's his way, but it's a good way. You didn't hear me. It's a good way. It's a good way. It's a good way. And you say, I don't, you know, most people get mad at God because they don't like the way. Because the way changes their direction. The way makes them happy. If you're going to be in the way, you have to be obedient. If you're going to see it, to be in the way, to be in Christ, you have, to, you have to do it his way. And see, our nature wants to do it our way, my way. Frank Sinatra sung about it. Best of all, i done it my way. There is no my way on the things of God. It's his way. It says, and they despise the way and loathe the bread. That's Jesus. It's still the same. It's still the same. It's still the same. It's no different. This is why Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. I'm it. Unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Supernatural. There's a supernatural occurrence that has to take place. If I'd have told you things of the flesh, you'd understand it. You don't understand that. How are you ever going to understand this? How? He says, make a serpent out of brass, out of bronze. Put it up, fix it to a pole and raise it up. You know, he didn't say, set them all down and have a talk with them. So don't 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 shout me down when I'm preaching good. All right, he he didn't. That's not what he said. He 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 didn't say uh, call, call a meeting and y'all vote on it. Yeah, right, right. Whatever seems best to the most of y'all, will go with that. He didn't say that. He didn't say. Well, what does the media have to say about it? You know, it's 2023. It's a modern age. How how, how do you think it should be? Well, Brandon, how do you think it should be? Well, how do you think it should be? Well, how do you think it should be? I tell you what, however all of y'all think it should be, just do that. Nope. He said, this is the way. You ever notice how many times in the word he talks about the way? He says, this is the way. Walk in it. 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 You know how we are? Let me tell you how we are. You could be in an inferno of a wildfire. Is that, is that close enough to home? You could be in an inferno of a wildfire. No way out. It has circled you. It has surrounded you. It's going to kill you. It's it's destroying everything in its path. That's how sin is. It's destroying everything in its path. It's destroying everything in its path. You're hopeless without a way. And all of a sudden you see a three foot wide hole that you can hit. And you know if you can hit that hole you can get out of that situation. And you know what? When you see it you are glad you've seen it. You'll have joy in your heart. You'll have hope. You'll have have a place. Because you have a way of escape. You're, you were glad when you saw it. You were glad when you found it. But when you go through that fire tunnel long enough and it gets uncomfortable and it's getting hot, you know what? It's still the way out. It's still the way to, it's still the way to live. It's still the way of safety. But I can tell you, if you have to keep going through that too long, it's not going to be long, you're going to start crying gloom, despair, and agony on me. Y'all know the rest. Deep, dark depression. Excessive misery. <laughs> I think that was a prophet that wrote that song. <laughs> if it wasn't for bad luck, I have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. You know, I realize I've reached the age where half of this room don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> google it youtube it's called hee haw <laughs> and for years it was the number one show in America <laughs> I didn't even add in oh <laughs> you know what that should be that is the cry of the fallen world it should never be the cry of the child of God if you've got the way out if you're in the way well, some people have been in the way all their life. I'm not, I'm, I mean, if you're, in the, if you're in the way, I know people, their favorite song was I'm in the way, the bright and shining why. I thought, yeah, I've been, you've been in the way at that church for 40 years. <laughs> yeah. Move on, JR. <laughs> I'm talking about the way out. I'm talking about the way out of bondage to home. Are you still with me? Raise up. See, that brazen serpent was represent, was pointing towards the one who would take on the nature of sin. He would bear it all in his own self on a cross. He was talking about the one who would take the weight of the world. He would take the sin of the world. He would, he would pay the price for all of it. For he, you know what? He paid the price for my stupidity. He paid the price for my foolishness. He paid the price for my iniquity, for my sin, for yours. Think about it. Don't, we don't even like paying the consequences for, for, for when we mess up at work. And he talk, we're talking about someone who took, on, who took on everything, every foul, filthy, disgusting way you can think of to be an abomination to God, and he drank the cup. He did. That night in the garden. You know what? He didn't want to. In his, in his deity, I told the kids in chapel this morning, in his deity, it was his purpose. For this cause the Son of Man was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. In his deity, that's why he came. In his humanity, he didn't want to do it. He said, Yes, he did. No, he didn't. He said, He and he he was to the place. Uh, that, that it was such, so, such a great torment what he was facing. This cup that he was about to partake of was so great that it says that his sweat became as great drops of blood. Doctors talk about a medical condition that when you're under such stress that the capillaries in your skin and your eyes begin to burst and you literally will sweat blood and, and have tears of blood that it, from, from, the, from the excruciating stress. It says that, it, that it was the, the weight was so heavy it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the whipping that, that was tormenting he knew was coming. It wasn't the nails in his hands. It wasn't the spear in his side. It wasn't the mocking. It wasn't the scourging. It wasn't, any, it wasn't any of that. It was the weight of what he was about to bear for you and for me and for all of us. And he went to pray about it. You know where he turned to? He didn't lash out. He went to pray about it. Jesus himself, he went to pray about it. And that night in the garden, he looked to his father and he said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. If we can do it any other way, let's do that. He said, But nevertheless, did you hear what? He didn't want to do it. But nevertheless, Not my will, but your will be done. Thank God. Because you know what he had to do next? He had to go, he had to, we call it today the Via Della Rosa. You know what he had to do? He had to walk away too. He had to walk away too. He had to walk all the way to Calvary. Under the weight of my sin. It, it, I'm sure the cross beam was heavy and I'm sure in his humanity he was exhausted after the beatings and after, and after the, the sleeplessness and the mock trials I'm sure but I don't believe it was the weight of that beam he fell under I don't think so and even at that when they got him there when they were casting lots for his clothes All these cute little renaissance paintings with this beautiful little white Jesus with this purple silk around him and little dots of blood in his hands. No, it's the Bible says that his visage was marred beyond that of any man. Matt, I believe, I won't spend no time here, but I believe there was reasons why they didn't recognize him on the road to Emmaus. I do. I do, I believe there was reasons. It wasn't, no, he was beat till his bones were showing in his back. Maybe his internal organs had places you could see. Massive blood loss. Thorns crammed into his head, stripped naked. Not no cute little loincloth, stripped naked and nailed to a cross. And raised up. Everything about crucifixion was designed for humiliation. All of it. That's why the Bible says, Cursed is any man who hangs on a tree. Everything was about torment and humiliation in every way. But yet, while they were doing it, while while he was paying for the price for the very ones that was doing it he said oh father forgive them they said they don't even know what they're doing they don't know what they're doing they don't know what they're doing forgive them and you wonder go back to the number you wonder why the wrath of god was kindled against somebody that complained against the way that complained against the bread you wonder why his anger was kindled. You wonder why you lips die separated from God when you are angry about the way he provided to get home. You wonder? See, it's a miraculous event that, see, he was God. He, you, know, you know, the only way he could die was in Hebrews uh, chapter 8, I believe, uh, 13, I believe it is. The Holy Spirit had to allow him to even, he, they couldn't have killed him. He was God. You know how he was able to die? He said so. You know what? He told him, He said, I have the power to lay down my life. You know the only person that had the power to kill God? He said, I have the power to lay down my life, but I have the power to take it up again. That's what he said. I have the power to take it up again. Well, they were talking. The Pharisees were after him again. They said, "Are you? Is it you?" He said, "It's me." They said, "Are you John the Baptist?" He said, "I'm not." He said, "Are you Elijah?" He said, "I'm sure not." They said, "Who are you?" He said, "I am He." He says, "Let me tell you something. What I am, though." He says, "You tear down this." Te-. I said, "I'll tear down this temple, and in three days I'll build it up again." It's <laughs> power, supernatural. The gospel is supernatural. When you complain against the way, it kindled God's anger It still does. No, it's not a mean God or an angry God. It's a merciful God that didn't have to do it, but He did. He gives you the way and you complain about it. You complain against it. You come against it. He say, oh, that's terrible. God began, he, he, so he lets, you know what? Do you know what he did when he said, it, what does it say? It says that God sent fiery serpents against them to bite them. Do you know what he did? All he did was let them have the consequences of what they wanted. Oh, you don't want the way? Okay. You don't love, you loathe the bread? Okay. You re, you're rejecting the way, you're rejecting the bread, alright, this is what happens when you reject the bread. When You, you know what, the fiery serpents were always there. The bite, was, the bite of sin has always been deadly. Hear me, the wages of sin is death. The bite has always been deadly. Always. But when they cried out, they didn't listen to me. They deserved to die. Every last one of them deserved to die. But they cried out and said, Moses, we sinned against the Lord. We sinned against you. Pray for us. And Moses prayed. You know why you pray for people and and you don't turn your backs on people that have sinned against you, that have done you wrong? They have done him wrong over and over. You know why? Because the consequences of not praying with them is their destruction. The consequences of of refusing to, to, to forgive and to pray and to ask God to intercede on their behalf is what he did. The consequences is death for everybody and Moses prayed nobody wins and you know what a God whose anger was kindled that he was willing to let the serpents destroy them all they didn't all survive Brandon do you know that they didn't all survive it says whoever will look on him it's still the same they didn't all survive it they didn't all survive it you know why some of them wouldn't look he said, make a serpent of brass, put it on a pole, fix it to it, raise it up. That serpent of brass was the king of kings and the lord of lords. Why was it represented in the serpent? Because it was the sin nature of man that came through the fall of, of the serpent that Adam's race. And, and he put it on a tree and raised it up. He killed, he died in my place. And he, he said, everyone, he said, take that serpent of brass, put it on a pole, raise it high enough for everyone to see. And anybody, anybody, all of them, if they will turn and look on the serpent, they will live. They will live. They could have said, I ain't looking at no, they did. Some of them, no, they did because they didn't all survive. I ain't looking at no stupid brass snake. Well, guess what? I hey, let me re- let me interpret that for you. I ain't living for Jesus Christ. If God loves me, He'll take me as I am. I want to tell you, He'll take you as you are, just as I am, without one plea. But that's the only plea. There's the plea. But that thy blood was shed for me. Yeah, that's the the only plea. Oh, yeah, he'll take you as you are, but he won't take you any old way. There's only one way. And it's his way. You know what? The way is straight. And the way is narrow. I got news for you. Somebody tweet this. God is narrow-minded. Let me help you out. Write it down. Save it. Never forget it. I serve a narrow-minded God. I serve a narrow-minded God. He said the way is straight and the way is narrow. Said, he said, and few there be that find it. Everybody ain't going. Because every you know why? Because everybody won't look and live. Some of of it's their pride that I'm not looking at that. I'll do it my way. Well, guess what? You will die of a snake bite in the wilderness because the snake has already bit you. The poison, listen to me, church. The poison is already in your veins. And you will die if you don't look at it. And Moses, you know, there's two things that I love. God told him to do it. First of all, they said, pray for us. He didn't have to. He said, pray for us. And it says, and Moses prayed. And God says, make for him a serpent, put it on a pole and raise it up. And you know what? You know, listen to this. This is one man's obedience. See, through one man's sin, fall came. Here's a man's obedience. Hear it. He says, and Moses made a serpent. Me and Jeff got it. He made, he made a serpent. You know what would happen? Moses didn't make a serpent. If, God, if Moses didn't obey God, God said make a serpent. Yeah, I let me read. Let me, what verse is that? So you make So you know, verse 9. Verse 9 says, and Moses made a serpent of brass. So Moses made a serpent and put it on a pole. I, I, I even like that. And so it was. God said, make a serpent, put it on a pole, raise it up. Whoever looks on it lives. It says, and Moses? So God said to do, God said to do that. So Moses made a serpent. Do you think Moses understood all that? I don't think Moses understood all that. You know why? I don't understand all that. I just believe him. He just told told Nicodemus, if I'd have told you natural things, you'd have understood it. So how about I tell you some supernatural things? And I'll take you back to what you think you know. You know Moses, like Moses raised up a serpent in the wilderness. So, Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Do you know what that is? That is the gospel on a bumper sticker. And so it was, that anybody... Who looked on the serpent lived. If any if anyone had been snake bit, let me tell you, we all snake bit. Come serpent in there, we all snake bit. There ain't no if involved in our situation. But if anyone, if anyone that was snake bit looked, that means some of them didn't. It tells you some of them died. Let me find that. so you may. <laughs> Verse 6 And the Lord sent fire serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. How many did it say? A few people in Israel died. Many. Many. It wasn't just a few here and a few there. Many. It's still the same way. It's still the same way. All you got to do is look and live. That's all you got. That's all you got. View there, be there, funded. All you got to do is look. uh, You know, some of some of us are are mad because of the way. Some of us are just tired of the bread. You know what? Being tired of the bread. You know what? You know how much of the church is tired of the bread? You talk about the gospel, just preach and say, "Oh, preacher, I've heard all that." You can see when you start just down a gospel road. Sometimes just just take the Roman road. Yeah, yeah. People are like, "Yeah, if I'd have known he's going to preach that today, I'd have went to the lake because I know that." <laughs> I'm getting too old to fall on the floor. <laughs> Y'all know I ain't lying. If I, oh, I, you know, I, sometimes that preacher he preaches stuff. And, you know, if he gets really wound up, that's when I like it. Or if he gets really wound up, that's when I hate it. But when, it, even when I hate it, I hadn't heard it, Now, it gets me fired up. But oh, he just talked about the gospel today. How do you get saved? If I'd have known he was going to do that, I could have got the garage done. I'd, I can go tonight. <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna shout out will. (laughs) They loathed the bread. You know what they were? They were tired of the bread. Oh, I'm tired of hearing I need to believe on Jesus. I'm tired of you telling me I can't do it my way. I'm tired of you saying i got to get in the Word. I'm tired of you saying I I know all that. Well, that makes you a hundred times more responsible for the fact that you didn't do it. When you're bored with the way, with the bread. God ain't pleased with that. Uh -uh. Because it's still, we used to have, there was an old movie, it's still the greatest story that's ever been told. You gather your kids, the older you get, the more you tell your stories. huh? I don't want to hear your story. When you live long enough to get your own stories, you can tell yours. Yeah, yeah. Old folks, I'm talking to you for just a minute. You'll gather them around, and you've told that story 47,000 times. And you expect people to slap their knee and laugh and, and act like they don't know what you're going to say. Maybe you forgot you've said it before. <laughs> But most of the time you don't you didn't forget, you know they've heard it, you just don't care. <laughs> this is the greatest story that's ever been told. It's the greatest Story that's ever been told. You know what about this story makes it so great? If you've heard it and you believed it and you're living it, you will shout with it. If you've heard it for a thousand times, but today it came alive. It sparked something in you. It will change your life. It will change your. You may have heard it a thousand times with your ears, but today the Spirit of God quickened it to your heart, and you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. On the thousand and one time you heard it, and you and and you didn't know that. And then after that child that has given you hell and back 16 times that you have prayed and you have prayed and you have prayed when they heard the old story again. If if somebody doesn't tell the story, somebody's going to die. Hear me. If somebody doesn't tell the story, somebody is going to die. If somebody, if somebody doesn't take and raise the thing up, Oh, and say he who looks on it will live Amen. they're going to die Amen. it's the greatest story that's ever been told and when they when you, when you prayed interceded and went over that no good low down rotten grandkid of yours they're not worth killing in the natural world and you know it but you love them and you keep praying and they hear the old, old story and life comes to them, I can tell you something. You won't loathe the bread and you won't loathe the way. You will shout, you will shout and you will shout when they they take the way out. (laughs) He who looks on it will live. Nicodemus you must be you must be born again just not Moses who raised the serpent up in the desert so Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Why would He do that? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believed on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't somebody, if somebody has ever heard it and somebody ever believes it, why don't you stand to your feet right now? And and I, I don't mean, I mean you ought to. Some Mac Church is going to have to learn to lose some dignity. Some of y'all going to have to learn how to shout. Somebody you're going to have to learn how to clap. You're going to have to learn how to praise. You know why? Because he's worthy. He's worthy. It's the greatest thing. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to you. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to you. And if it hasn't, it's the greatest thing that ever could happen to you. Ever. Ever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, is what I say. I'm just going to keep saying that because thank you, Jesus, is what I say. Praise God for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, for the way. I'm thankful that he poured out the oil and the wine. I'm thankful that he made a way where there was no way. I'm thankful that he makes crooked paths straight. I'm thankful that he makes streams in the desert. I am thankful that he gave me a way to live. Hallelujah. <laughs> you want to know what to bring revival to a church in an area when they look on him and live? That's what'll do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what you ought to do right now all over this place? Some of you have people that need you interceding. All over this place. If you don't pray, nobody's going to pray. He says, and Moses prayed. And Moses prayed. And he says, and, and and God says, lift up the serpent. You know what it says? So he lifted up the serpent. And so it was. <laughs> and so it was. Why don't you right now, why don't you intercede right now? Use your voice. Use your voice. Use your voice. Call their name. Lord, I pray for my kids. Lord, I pray for my family. Lord, i lift them up. Lord, I pray for people in this church that are just playing games, they never, they're tired of the way. They're, they loathe the way, they loathe the bread. Lord, I'm, I'm going to lift up the, I'm going to lift up the blood-stained banner. I'm going to lift you up. You said, if I be lifted up, Lord I'll lift you up for the rest of my days, so that they can look on you and live. You're the hope of all the world. You're it, you're it. You're at God. Call them home. Somebody, there's people in this house that you need to call them home. Hallelujah. He's the only way. (laughs) Hear me in this house. There's, there are mom and dads in, and grandparents in this room and they're watching that here's something that needs to happen. I, in my spirit you need to quit pretending they're not lost and make excuses making excuses for how they're behaving and how they're living and pacifying that junk and you need to, to get a burden for your, for your family and your friends, instead of pacifying their, their sin and making excuses for their life, you need to be calling out to the living God that says, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, God. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes get a hold of them. 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 Whatever it takes. Whatever. You know what that is? That's as much prayer as anything you can pray. Get a hold of them. Get a hold of them. Sometimes I'll walk this room in the morning, and for twenty minutes I say, God help me, 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 God help me reach this one, God help me reach this, God help me with a breakthrough, God help me run this church, God help me know what to preach, God help me, God help me know what to say, God help me know when to shut up. Then I'll say, then I'll say, Whatever it takes, 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 you know what? that is that is petition that is petition we need to learn how to pray until something happens we think it's all these mixed and mighty words and flowery eloquent prayers and you know what it is it is a heart that is rent before God that has a desperation to see him move God help me God help me and whatever it takes you know what? You better add to whatever it takes because when God begins to do whatever it takes say, God help me to allow you to stay out of your way while you do whatever it takes. I'll quit intervening in their, in their mess. I'll quit in, God help me. 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 <laughs> help me reach them. Help me reach them. God, give me the boldness that I'll say it. God, give me the words when I do. God, break, rend their heart. Break their heart. Let them see. Lord, if they've got to be snake bit and get desperate, I'll raise it up. I'll raise up the, 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 the serpent that they can look on it and live. Well, if you're making excuses for them, And and when you know good and well that it's pathetic that you're even making excuses, you know it's pathetic. They're living like hell. You know that your excuses are pathetic. God, help me to see them how you see them. And God, help me to stand in the gap, to make up the hedge, to intercede until they come home. God help us. Would you ask Him? It's 8.34. Would you ask Him? In 30 seconds, do it. 30 seconds. Ask Him. No, really, ask Him. Ask Him. Ask Him. Lord, help me. Cry out. Hallelujah. Help us, God. Help us, God. Use us. Use us that we can look on you and live. And Father, I'm in this place, and it's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me, God. I need you. Somebody in this says, how do I get home? You say, it's me, and I need you. Oh, there's all, well, it's me, and I need you forgive me cleanse me, wash me and here's what I'm going to do I'm going to follow you I'm going to get in the way and walk the path I'm going to follow you see Christianity is not a prayer Christianity is following Jesus until you get home Christianity, the gospel is following Jesus not praying a prayer (laughs) but you need your prayer but you got to follow Jesus the way is straight the way is narrow but you know what he's going to do he'll be a pillar of fire by night and he'll be a cloud by day and whatever comes your way he'll be with you he'll shelter you <laughs> Jeff read it Sunday night but I'm going to read it one more time then we're going to work on because you need to hear what happens when you're his. Somebody needs to hear it. it doesn't say when things come against you, it doesn't say things won't be hard. Here's what it says. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from what cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven. And earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He will keep you and will not slumber. For behold, he who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you. The Lord shall preserve you. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. And he shall preserve your soul. Who shall? He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve you, going out and your coming in. Guess what? That's your path. He will preserve you going out and he will preserve you coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen and amen. Shake somebody's hand. Hug somebody's neck. Tell them that you love them. In Jesus' name.